0: Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm Jenna Morton.
1: And I'm Tosh Taylor, and we're getting closer and closer to Halloween, Mm -hmm. and you know that both of us really do love a holiday, it doesn't matter (laughs) what holiday It doesn't
0: really matter which one, but I I do have a special affinity for Halloween. I I do quite love Halloween. You more
1: so than me, I'm a Christmas gal through and through, but I can get on board with ghost stories.
0: Exactly. That's, you know, (laughs) Halloween, the costumes, the little kid fun. super love that, but the supernatural, oh yeah, that's our jam, that's (laughs) That's our jam.
1: So we thought on the show today, you'll see there's some props here if you're watching it on uh, Rogers TV, Jenna's brought in some of her books and I actually
0: brought in a mangled
1: version of my Fundy (laughs) Folklore by Mamie So One
0: of the best books you could ever invest in if you want to know about New Brunswick locally, like not all of New Brunswick, but like the Fundy area. I absolutely adore that book. I think it's one of the best things. And it was there.
1: like a whopping $10 at the Albert County Museum. So definitely yeah. worth the investment. It is a hundred percent written in like old. You can tell that she wrote it many, many, many years ago and it jumps around a lot. Uh, <laughs> but if you're interested in the history of Fundy, it is
0: awesome. Absolutely awesome. So well done. Yeah, yes. I agree. Yeah, big fan of that <laughs> book. Big fan of a lot of books, obviously. Really? <laughs> And we did bring in a few to talk Mm -hmm. about today because uh, New Brunswick, like I think most Eastern North American locales, is known for its supernatural qualities, Right. right? I think all up and down the coastline of North America, you're going to find little towns, little seaside towns with stories, forests with lots of stories. So if you're into the supernatural New Brunswick, you may know some of these already, you may not. There are tons to find, and we'd love to hear from you too. If there are ghost stories and spooky stories of New Brunswick that you think people should be talking about, let us know. Because you know, if you search for it on the internet, as you did just to see what comes up, (laughs) there are a few kind of top hits, and they're the ones like you can pretty much do the list without even having to look for it. (laughs) Right. It's,
1: it's true. I was like, hey, I looked it up and you're like, number one, St. Andrews. And it was number one. Yeah, yes. The Algonquin. And I yeah. love that story, actually, because I got married there. And that uh, that was the story they told us. they were like, you want to get married on the, the rooftop patio? Was it was the mm-hmm. name of it? And I said, yeah, sure. And they're like, well, you know, there was a bride who jumped to her death on that location. And I was like, sounds like good luck. OK.
0: <laughs> and she <laughs> yeah. still is said to, yep. to visit. Right. There, there are quite a few little ghost stories like that at St. Andrews and a wonderful tour that you can take if you're staying there you can go in and do a little tour through the hotel which depending on whether you like the stories or not, should or should not be on your itinerary. (laughs) For my family, it was a yes for me and a no for some of my children. (laughs) But you said there was a lighter version. Yes, when we went and stayed there with the kids, you could book kind of the the earlier walks in the evening. I think it was maybe at six o'clock or seven was meant to be more of a family-friendly version. And if you went later in the evening, they said, you know, we might go a little bit deeper into the bowels of the, the place. We might get a little spookier <laughs> with the stories, add a little bit more detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I would still love to go back and do uh, the later tour and, and some of the walking tours of the town itself. You know, St. Andrews is such an old settlement in the province, and again, on the water, lots of great stories of things that have happened over the years. Um, And also the setting of one of the books that I didn't bring in but we've mentioned on the show before, uh, Eric Wilson, who wrote just dozens and dozens of fantastic young adult crime novels um, during the 80s and I guess into the 90s, uh, he set one of his books in St. Andrews, um, it was all about a werewolf, which is not really a story that I think you generally hear in St. Andrews, but it's a fun read. (laughs) If you have young, uh, you know, like, probably around age 10, I would say, that yeah. would be the start for that I one. I think that's when Sarah
1: started reading them, and that was yeah. actually the one that got her hooked, because she had been to St. Andrews, and she knew, you know, that her dad and I got married there, and so then, then after that she went, I think there's a PEI one.
0: Yep, um, And Lunenburg, Lunenburg, Lunenburg Manor, yeah. that's a really, yeah. uh, that one stands out in my mind. He, it's a great series of books, uh, if you can pick them up, usually you can find them at uh, the thrift stores around yeah. for really good prices. Uh, just while we're on that one, talking about, you know, places that if you want to get your kids kind of into the world of reading and local and they love a little touch of supernatural but not really scary, uh, again, I may have talked about this one before, but this is one of my new favourite books, The Frame-Up by Wendy McLeod McKnight. So The Frame-Up is this beautiful, slightly supernatural story but not scary at all. Um, it takes place within the Beaverbrook Gallery in Fredericton. Cool and it has to do with the paintings at the Beaver Book and these are the paintings you can actually go to Fredericton and see these paintings but in the story what happens is that when people aren't looking the characters in the paintings come to life and they have their own stories going on and there's a whole great back and forth between um, what's happening in the the real world and what's (laughs) happening in the painting world and this great little mystery story as well so yeah if you've got a kid who likes a little bit of crime, a little bit of supernatural that's not scary, and somewhere that you can then go to the place, the frame up. Definitely read that one. Very cool. And you can just imagine the
1: plethora of ghost stories that are around Fredericton. Oh, yes. I can't can't even imagine. Like, talk about an old history and an old city, and I bet you they pull off some really amazing ghost walks. Mm,
0: yeah. This is one of the things that I really love about Halloween season is the fact that so many communities come out and do historical walks and ghost walks and you know Moncton of course has a a long-standing tradition of ghost walks with uh, Victorian-era specters who will kind of greet you along the route as you go that's happening again this year I see Shediac has some ghost walks happening as well and uh, you know our friends at the Albert County Museum They are having a special opening just of the jail, <laughs> which, you know, if uh, we'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but we've done some shows at the jail and talked about uh, the ghost of Tom Collins and some of the other ghosts that are said to be on site as well. They're opening on the Friday and Saturday, the weekend before Halloween, so the 27th and 28th. That's right, yeah. Uh, $5 a person, you can go and visit uh, the three jail cells as well as the upstairs of that building. And, you know, that's one that's that, you know, paranormal investigators have come and spent time there. It's it's a very very much considered a hotbed of activity in the I province. I would
1: say a hotbed would be um, th- a very minor way to put it. Uh, <laughs> it was
0: Tasha's favorite place it, to it, film. I, I,
1: I, w- I think I had goosebumps <laughs> the entire time we were in that jail, and every time we go in that jail. Uh, but yeah, they they just had the ghost show there again the end of September, mm. I believe, and again finding some pretty amazing things on that site. So it doesn't surprise me in the slightest. Even when I drive by, like at night, I've been down in Alma a few times recently for some things that are going on down there. And I drive by at night and I kind of crank <laughs> the lights on in there, uh, because that's part of the stories we've heard of the that to Tom or whomever is hanging around there likes to turn the lights on in the middle of the night.
0: Yeah, I and if, if you don't really know the story, like I said, we'll have some links in the show notes, but also if you're into reading, that's where this <laughs> book comes in, <laughs> The Rectory Murder. Uh, I absolutely adore this book as well because it's chock full of actual um, facts and details about the case that happened um, that led to Tom Collins being accused of murder and eventually um, dying for the crime and if you don't know the story, I don't really want to give any more of it away than that. You should, again, you can pick up that one at uh, at the museum as well. Can I just I ask that. you, and I know mm-hmm. you said you
1: don't want to get into it, but I have to know, do you think he did it? Because that was a big thing, Ooh. and that's why she says eventually dying for the crime, because it goes back yes. and forth, and actually um, some Canadian history comes out of of this Mm -hmm. um, that we still go by today because of Tom Collins, Um, but I have actually been brought into a couple of classes to talk about the case Uh and whether or not I think Tom did it, and I honestly go back and forth all the time.
0: I feel like there's some really good community stories that are still floating out there that I haven't heard firsthand <laughs> that I think would sway me towards understanding more as to why people don't think he was at fault for what happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think there's a high probability that while he was maybe not on the up and up, he was also maybe not a murderer. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. We're
1: yeah, gonna leave I think
0: at that. Well, you know, if he's hanging around, generally there's a reason people hang around. <laughs> not usually cuz they're, you know, happy with how things turned out.
1: <laughs> okay, you have gotta get the book and check it yes. out, or you can go to the Albert County Museum and learn more about Tom there as well.
0: Yes, yeah. they, they will tell you oh, about yes. Tom.
1: Yes, they've all made friends with him.
0: Yes, yeah. uh, what were some of the other tops of so the Algonquin Hotel? Yeah. Um, the, the jail at the Albert County Museum yeah, is bring, well known.
1: Uh, be, but there was, there was one story, oh, this one you like, and I remember you telling me about it last year, the French Fort Cove in Miramichi.
0: Oh, so many good stories in the Miramichi. That, that's <laughs> now, is that the burning ship? Uh, there are also burning ship stories there as well. Yes. Okay. Oh, yes, this there is there are the fire of ship of the Bay of there Yes. Is. That's in Bathurst, yes. the flaming and, ghost ship. And I'm going to say, if you want to know more about the flaming ghost ships, uh, this one is actually one of my favorites for that. So, Will-O'-The-Wisp was a book of folktales and legends from New Brunswick that Carol Spray put out in 79. Wow. Um, so when you are reading books from you know the 70s and earlier there's some terminology that is not what we would use today but they're also that much closer to the oral history that was happening at the time Very which true. is fascinating um, and Carol uh, took the time to actually look as well for what I love is when people reference well I found this newspaper article about this story or you know some of the stories in here she tracks back to how they relate to Grimm's fairy tales and the fact that a lot of these supernatural tales that we have, you can find versions of them in every place. Yeah. And whether or not something exactly like that happened in each place, maybe it did, maybe it just gets you know, ascribed to some people who live there. So she does that. And she has this really great story about um, The Burning Ship in the Schiller Bay, uh, her favorite version of it has to do um, with a set of Portuguese explorers who came in the 1500s. So yeah, again, I'm not giving away all the details because you need to go find these books yourselves and, and do some reading, but if you do like supernatural stuff like Miramichi they have, like, the entire month of October, you guys are just <laughs> rocking it up there. Like, event after event, headless ghost tour, uh, the headless nun experience, they've got... so on the list. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah if, if you are at all into celebrating the spooky stuff, you should probably just move to Miramichi.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that may come from the Irish. I'm just bit of storytellers.
0: <laughs> Just a bit.
1: There's a, um, a story on there that I found today, and it's from Blackville, which is close to Miramichi mm-hmm. as well. And it is the one of the cook on the lumber yards that was murdered, and he still yes. howls to this day. Uh, late at night, you can hear him howling in the woods because he's trying to avenge his murder, which uh, freaks me out. I don't know. Honest to goodness, I think I would rather see something than hear it.
0: Oh, that's a I good know. question. I
1: think, I think.
0: <laughs> I, I think if you saw something, it would be very hard not to believe you saw it. Right. If you hear something, I think you could convince yourself it was any number of things. Yeah, you can always be like,
1: oh, my mind's playing tricks on me, whatever. Yes, which, yeah. so,
0: so yes, I think I would be more frightened by seeing something than by hearing it. But I, I'm not, I'm not sure. I don't know.
1: There is a um, a big black dog, just outside of Alma, that is seen but never heard, and that's one that I I could handle a ghost dog. I think.
0: (laughs) You think? I like to think Not a ghost chicken, but a ghost 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 dog. Tosh hates birds. Just if you if you don't know that already, (laughs) I don't know of a good ghost chicken story. I'm sure there's one out there. There's got to
1: be a ghost, or someone will make one up and send it in. and that would be okay too. Um, this ghost dog—it is, is called um, the ghost dog of Hum's Hollow, which is a big thing in <laughs> Mamie's book. She references a lot of places that aren't called that anymore. So I don't know where Hum's Hollow is in Alma, and it goes back to you know the storytelling of locals mm-hmm. and and getting to know the whole story through them or you know the the mm. story inside the story. <laughs> from all them as well and what has been passed down through generation but apparently this black dog on super late nights will will uh, cross the road and it's so long that you see it come out of the ditch and cross the road. And it's on into the other side of the ditch before the rest of its body comes ah. across, and it will turn and look at you with its red eyes, and then continue on
0: its way. And is it meant to be like a forerunner or a, an omen? Or like if you see it, or is something bad going to happen to you, or what? is it just like you, you just saw it? Not that Mamie says. Okay, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> I and I'm going to trust Mamie as the gospel <laughs> on this one. So uh, she doesn't say it's just. Nobody knows why the long dog is there, but it's been there for generations. And people started talking about it even before the first automobile came to Alma. So,
0: interesting. Mm. That reminds me a lot of the stories that that Helen Creighton gathered in Nova Scotia. Um, So anyone who knows folklore probably already knows about those books as well. Um, But there's one book in particular called Blue Nose Ghosts Mm. that I started reading it when I was probably about 12. And it was probably not the best age (laughs) to read some of those stories because I, to this day, like you said the words black dog and I'm like, oh, I can remember reading one about a black dog. Like there's some of those stories that I don't even remember the full story anymore, but bits of it pop into my head. And and I did actually go look to see if I had kept the copy of the book, but I think my father still has it because it was his copy that I I took. um, And so... um, Dad, if you're watching, I do want the Blue Nose Ghosts book. If you haven't gotten rid of it, because that means if you did, I have to go find a copy. Because yeah. <laughs> I need that book.
1: No, he knows exactly where it is, and it's in the mail already. <laughs> just wait. Yeah, <laughs>
0: um, But same thing, Like just oodles and oodles of these stories that you know have these meanings within the community and that idea of forerunners was one that I was always fascinated by and you know certainly within our own family we had stories passed down of some people who would have that you know that ability to see something before it happened Mm -hmm. and you know you would you would see something and you would believe it happened and you talk to someone else, they're like, what? No, you didn't come downstairs and I wasn't laying on the couch. And a week later or a month later, the same scenario would play out. And, you know, that idea of a, a forerunner telling you that something's going to happen, is not always scary, but I, I just, the idea of that just fascinates me. And I wondered whether or not, yeah, the, the dog was that kind of omen, like a, a forerunner, that if you see the dog, it means that someone's going to, to die in the community or something, yeah. but that's not what we're saying that no, story no, is. No. no. <laughs> So, if you see the dog, don't worry about your safety, just let us know that you saw him, because that's fascinating.
1: It is, it is fascinating, and uh, I, I like that. I, I, I mean, there are quite a few, obviously, because the Funny Shore is where a lot of people first settled. We were lucky enough to go and see Slacks Cove, uh mm. not too long ago and i can imagine that um down at the very tip there of new brunswick uh, in, into slacks cove where it's not inhabited now barely i would say there are quite five six okay. seven houses down that way give or take um i can imagine that there's probably some
0: i would say so, there's some ghost ships there yeah, got some yeah.
1: like, things still being heard on the shores like even if it's mm-hmm. just the waves lapping against the side of a boat when there's no boats coming in there anymore i can imagine that that Still happens quite a bit, or at least I want it to. Maybe I want my imagination to feel those things.
0: <laughs> well, and speaking about, uh, you know, along the coastlines and things too, one of the other places that was on, uh, you know, that comes to mind for a lot of people, especially in this part of the province when you talk about places with supernatural stories, is Gray's Island and the yeah. cemetery in Gray's Island, which is in the Hillsborough area. Mm-hmm. Um, we were lucky enough to visit there together a couple of years ago, and beautiful. Beautiful graveyard, um, but yes, there's one particular. I, I don't even know what to. It, it's because it, it, calling it a tombstone is not enough. No. It's a it's a memorial. Yep. One particular memorial that anyone here locally will have heard stories about. I'm sure already, but if you haven't, um, yes, the the Lady of Gray's Island.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I would call it. It's a Jenny Steves is her name, and Jenny the story goes that Jenny uh, was a teenager and she passed away of uh, scarlet fever or something along those lines something Something
0: that, tragic but not uncommon that's right mm-hmm. yeah
1: so uh, she passed and her family being steves if you're from the region at all know that steves are very <laughs> prominent and uh, they missed their daughter so they had her likeliness made out of uh, stone or marble or whatever it is um, some beautiful A a statue was put there, and she had bronze hands that, rumor has it, were like encrusted with jewels, etc. And then uh, eventually her head went missing, and her hands went missing. And there's different stories, especially through kids that grew up Mm -hmm. um, in the Hillsborough area where if you circle the uh, stone twice, um, you would see blood
0: coming from the eyes on the headstone, or she would tap you on the shoulder. Um, But Hence, supposedly, why her head and hands went missing, but honestly, probably someone just looking to make trouble Just and make money off the things money. that were yeah. part of her. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So um, that was the how the story went. But now, I today, while I was researching for the show, I'm seeing people say that her husband had this and he loved her so much. She spent every day and with her visiting her on Gray's Island. And then when he passed, they found him wrapped around her gravestone, which isn't, that one's not true. If you come across that one, creepy as it may be. That is not the true story.
0: Or is it heartbreakingly romantic? It is
1: heartbreakingly romantic, (laughs) until you find (laughs) out how old Jenny was, and then it's creepy. Because
0: it's not the story, yes, Yes. it was not, yes, a love gone.
1: It is not, yeah, it's not a sad (laughs) love story, though I'm sure that probably has happened in other stories. Uh, And it was just recently that someone was cleaning out a house in Albert County and found Jenny's head like the the headstone so nobody knows how it got to where it was but it is being I don't know if it has been returned or not last we were there it wasn't there
0: no but it's been a little while mm-hmm. so I'm not sure and so yeah if you're gonna go down and check to see it I'm sure someone's gonna let us know mm-hmm. um, but if you're on your way to check uh, there is a a haunted house decorated uh, this season in Hillsboro. so be sure to look them up as well they're on the Grays Island Road that uh, oh. it's just like a decorated house every night they they turn the lights on they invite you to come and and take a look and enjoy a little spookiness. So,
1: I like that. And mm. um, if you haven't been down to that graveyard, <laughs> I know it's weird for us to say what you already said, but it's stunningly gorgeous. It and is.
0: Oh, it's absolutely we had beautiful. We have a done there. Yes. I, like only
1: weirdos do that.
0: <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of people that do that because I think graveyards are fantastic, and there's something yeah. about them. Obviously. Well, they're they're usually large beautiful spaces with, you know, well-maintained grounds. There's usually trees around. They're usually a little bit secluded. And and I just, I absolutely love reading gravestones. I love walking around and reading and trying to think about who these people were and what happened. And I love when there's interesting things written on someone's stone or something interesting. There's a woman out there who's made an entire career now of going through the United States and gathering recipes that people have left on the back of tombstones like you know mom's favorite recipe we inscribed it on the back and this lady goes and makes these things in such a lovely way like it's such a tribute to people it's such a great reminder as to to why we put information on tombstones or why we put you know pictures of things that were important to them and and then just yeah neat little stories like the so if you go to Resergo Place, the the free meeting house is there. There's a lot of very very old mm-hmm. gravestones right there that you can take a look at. And I was walking through the other day and I realized that there are two gentlemen who do not appear to be related just based on their names, but who died like at the exact same time. And I'm so curious. I'm like, but what what happened? Like was it was there a fever that went through? Was there an accident that they were both involved in? Like there there's so much more there to find out and I I still want to go and like go through the archives and find their names and figure out what happened.
1: And I think that that goes along with anybody that uh, is like us and into genealogy and into family history. Um, I, I'll share with you the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Um, when I was a kid I liked going through our town's graveyard and it helps that that was the way to get home from school every day. <laughs> Um, so I was walking through one time, as I often did, and uh, I have an Uncle Ollie who I obviously never met because he passed away prior to World War II. He was getting ready to go and got sick and then and passed before he could even go, but he was in the Air Force. And um, so I was walking through one day, and I saw Uncle Ollie's gravestone, and at the same time, at the corner of my eye, I saw my mom drive by. And it wasn't a close walk home like i grew up in a really small town in rural ontario and so it was a couple kilometers for me to get home so i was like oh so and i was like oh mom turn around and then i looked back over and then i saw this guy standing there in a uniform and i was like and i double-taked and he was gone and then i kept walking and all of a sudden my mom was parked on the side of the road And (laughs) and she's like what are you doing in here and i was anyway That was that. And I was like, did you see me? And she's like, no, I heard you tell me to turn around. And I was like, wow, that's really weird. And that was uh, my 16th year of life. (laughs) (laughs) It's never (laughs) happened again. I've never been able to telekinesically talk with my mom ever again. Hmm. anyway.
0: Well, it's because you weren't there with Uncle Ollie. Apparently I knew Obviously he was part of it. Yeah. Don't come back, I'm good. I I would love to meet you Uncle Ollie so there you go. Um, On that note, we're going to wrap it up, like I said, in the show notes on Pickle Planet you will find all kinds of links to some of the things we've talked about and please send us in your favourite haunted spots in New Brunswick, your stories of Uncle Ollie's and we would love to share them with everyone. Thanks for listening and for watching and uh, happy Halloween.
1: Ooh, Happy Halloween.